Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. This is Scott Reichel, and this is the Betting Bay Area Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the Bay Area's number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available on your favorite uh, directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts on Twitter. And if you want to reach out to me personally, you can find me at Reichel Radio on Twitter. On this week's show, we are going to look at the Oakland Raiders as they head into their Week 4 matchup in the NFL. And we will provide you with all the important information and statistics that can help everyone make some money in the betting markets. Now, I know that usually we give out the Oakland Raiders and the San Francisco 49ers. But unfortunately, the 49ers are playing nobody this week as they are on the bye. So we will focus heavily on the Raiders and we will look to continue our success after a very profitable week in week three as we ended up going 3-1 and one for plus 1.7 units. The only loss we had was on the Vikings and Raiders under, which was actually a good side until the Raiders scored a garbage time touchdown with about a minute and a half to go. Other than that, though, we recommended the, the Vikings at minus 9. They won by 20. We recommended the over in the, the over 43 in the Steelers and 49ers game at 43. That ended up being at 44. And we also recommended the Steelers plus 6.5, and, and they ended up covering as they only lost by 4. In addition to that, for the 49ers, the score we actually predicted was 24-20, to and they won 24-20. to So that pretty much went exactly the way that I thought it would, and we can dive into that game further later later on, but as of right now, we're going to dive right in, and we're going to start with none other than the Oakland Raiders, as they prepare to take on the Indianapolis Colts on the road on Sunday afternoon. Indianapolis was originally at minus 7, it is still mostly at minus 7, but it is still available at 6.5 at Pinnacle at time of recording of Thursday at 4.18pm Eastern Time. Now, the over-under in the game is at 45, the Raiders lost last week to the Vikings by a score of 34 to 14. Josh Jacobs, who has been extremely successful so far as the rookie running back for the Raiders, did not really do anything last week as he ended up having 10 carries for 44 yards. However, you have to assume that that was mostly due to game flow as the Vikings just pounced on the Raiders and opened up a double-digit lead very early on. So the Raiders pretty much abandoned the run and did not go back to it at any point. Josh Jacobs had no receptions in the game either. So he ended the game with 44 total yards. Not the greatest performance, but if the Raiders can keep this game relatively closer, you should see him return to roughly 80 or 90 yards as the Raiders will look to not abandon the running game as they did so early on last week. Derek Carr, on the other hand, did go 27 of 34 for 242 yards with two passing touchdowns and one interception. Did he play well? Not necessarily. Those stats look pretty impressive, but you have to remember that a decent portion of that came in garbage time as he ended up padding his stats with a nice drive at the end of the game, which which culminated in a passing touchdown with about a minute and a half to go. So if you take all those yards out and you take the extra touchdown, he had one touchdown, one pick, and I'd say about 100 and 
80 yards passing, give or take, which doesn't really look that great. His numbers definitely got boosted in garbage time in the last minute. So I think his stats could look a little bit deceiving as he has been a bit underwhelming since his week one performance against the Denver Broncos. However, one player who has stayed consistently solid is Tyrell Williams, the wide receiver one on the depth chart and the offseason acquisition that has been given a bigger role ever since the Raiders decided to get rid of Antonio Brown during the preseason. Last week, he only had 29 receiving yards, but he did have another receiving touchdown. And if you are keeping track, that means that Tyrell Williams has had a touchdown in every single game this season, as he continues to be a serious threat for the Raiders in the red zone. And Gruden loves to call his number in the red zone. I would expect that to continue this upcoming Sunday. However, the by far the biggest performer in the Raiders' offense last Sunday was the tight end Darren Waller who ended up having 13 receptions for a whopping 134 receiving yards. I mean, 130-something yards is impressive, but 13 receptions for a tight end in today's era is kind of unheard of. I mean, back in the day when you used to hear about Gronk and even Kelsey, I wouldn't say, I'd say they mostly caught up to 7 or 8 passes. 13 is a lot. Waller's definitely proven himself to be a high-end, elite tight end one in fantasy football, and he, it appears that ever since he was able to straighten out his substance abuse issue that plagued him earlier on in his life. He has been able to translate his physical tools to the football field as he has looked pretty much unguardable from the tight end position so far in the first three games. And I would expect him to continue playing well against the Colts due to some injuries that they have at the linebacker position, which I will get into during the Colts breakdown in a couple of minutes. However, as I mentioned last week when I talked about why the Raiders were in a bad spot, they are still on the road they're still in the middle of that 48-day road trip, and they are not going to play another home game until November 3rd. They're playing the Colts this week on the road. Then they go to London to play the Bears next week, so it's a potential look-ahead for the travel. It's it's just very annoying. The Raiders were given a really brutal schedule, and they're only in the second road game of that, of that stretch, and I definitely think it will get worse moving forward with the Raiders. Overall, do I think the Raiders are a good team? No offense to the people who are watching this or listening to it in Oakland. No. However, on the bright side, at least you're not the Dolphins, the Jets, or the Redskins. This team has talent. It has some pieces. But ever since Jonathan Abram got injured for the secondary, your def the defense has definitely been lacking. And Minnesota, which is not exactly a high-powered offense, ended up scoring 34 points. I question when fatigue will set in for the Raiders and when... You know, the issues will continue when they'll resolve themselves, considering the fact that the Raiders are still going to be away from home for the next couple of weeks with a road trip to a foreign country coming up next Sunday. So I question the focus of this team and I question how they will continue to handle the grind of a long road trip. But other than that, though, I mean, Coach Gruden already, in, already uh, commented about it and expressed his displeasure, and nothing much has changed since. However, in terms of the injury report for the Raiders, you did have two injuries that took place in the game. You had starting linebacker Vontez Burfecht, who ended up getting injured, and you also had offensive tackle Trent Brown, who ended up getting injured. However, both of them were limited in practice on Wednesday, so they did participate, and they are both expected to play in this game. So in terms of the injury report, not really anything new, as Burfecht and Brown are expected to play. Of course, Abram's still out, uh, Connolly's still playing, so everything else appears to be normal. But in terms of the trends here, they definitely do not support the Raiders in this game, as the Raiders are 0-4 against the spread in their last four road games against a team with a winning home record. And in their last 11 years, Week 4 has been very harsh to the Raiders, 
as the Raiders are only 2-9 against the spread in their last 11 Week 4 games. So that is definitely something that is worth mentioning, as the Raiders, whatever reason, have not been good on Week 4. And they're also just a poor road team against successful home teams. So that's something to monitor going into Sunday. Now, in terms of the breakdown for the Colts, they entered this game on a high note as they were able to hold on to defeat the Atlanta Falcons at home last week by a score of 27-24. Leading the way was Marlon Mack, who ended up having 16 carries for 74 rushing yards and one rushing touchdown. He has been very successful this season, and he has been flying under the radar as he is currently third in the entire league in rushing yards with 299. Look for him to have another big game in this one as the Raiders definitely struggled, to say the least, containing Dalvin Cook. And I expect the Colts to try to continue to stick to their run-first identity behind that uh, fantastic offensive line. And I think Max should go for at least 100 yards and a touchdown in this game. Uh, meanwhile, Jacoby Brissett did a very solid job last week as he ended up going 28 for 37 for 310 passing yards with two passing touchdowns and zero interceptions. Now, if... I know he's not Andrew Luck, and I think if Andrew Luck was still on the roster, I think the Colts could be a dark horse candidate to compete in the AFC, but Brissett's definitely been serviceable. I think he has proven that he is capable of being a starter in the NFL. Is he above average? Maybe not. I'd put him right in the middle of the pack, but as a whole, he definitely has potential, and he definitely has a look solid filling the void of Luck, and I would expect him to continue playing well against the Raiders, who have struggled pretty much everywhere defensively ever since some of the injuries impacted them after week one. However, it is worth mentioning that the Colts' defense only gave up three points in the entire first half against the high-powered Atlanta offense, but then they kind of took their foot off the gas and allowed Atlanta to climb back into the game, as Atlanta scored 21 points in the second half and ended up falling short and losing by three. Now, leading the way for the Colts in the passing game was T.Y. Hilton, as he ended up having eight receptions for 65 yards and one touchdown. However, he did not finish the game as he ended up getting injured right after that touchdown, and he did not play in the fourth quarter whatsoever. So it is worth monitoring his status. In terms of other injuries for the Colts, you had Pierre Desir, the number one corner, wide receiver T.Y. Hilton, center Ryan Kelly, and linebacker Darius Leonard all did not practice for the Colts so far this week, and all of them are pretty much questionable or doubtful moving forward. T.Y. said he's feeling a lot better, but as yet to be seen, as he has not been seen at practice. People have assumed that he might play without practicing all week, but one has to question how efficient he will be dealing with the quad injury, considering the fact that T.Y. Hilton's game is predicated entirely on his speed. Meanwhile, Desir left last week with a hamstring injury. He played all 61 snaps last week against the Falcons, and he had four tackles, but he is still with a, dealing with a hamstring injury, and, and, and he has not practiced and playing all the snaps definitely did not help him, as it could have helped aggravate his hamstring. He's still up in the air. Ryan Kelly is currently sick, and one does not really know if he will be able to play. It's not an injury. He's just currently dealing with an illness, so he missed practice. And Darius Leonard is still, is still dealing with concussion-like symptoms after the Week 2 game against Tennessee. He hasn't practiced since. However, filling in for him was Anthony Walker, who ended up having 14 tackles, which was a team high last week. But Darius Leonard was the Defensive Rookie of the Year last year, and he was an All-Pro. So him being out of the Colts' defensive lineup is definitely a big deal for the Raiders. But in terms of all of them, they haven't been declared active or inactive. But so far, all four of them are looking like they will not participate in this game. In terms of my... Oh, yeah, and also worth mentioning, the Colts 
have been very successful lately as they are 4-1-1 ATS in their last four game and their last six games overall. So I'll repeat that. The Colts are 4-1-1 against the spread in their last six games overall. And long term, the Colts are 32-15-1 against the spread versus a team with a losing record. So the Colts are definitely aware of the importance of taking advantage of weaker teams on their schedule. And the Colts will look to take care of business at home once again on Sunday. In terms of my prediction, no offense to the Raiders fans once again, but I am going to be taking the Colts minus 6.5, and I will be leaning towards the over 45. In terms of the score, I like the Colts winning by a score of 32-17. I know Oakland scored 14 points against Minnesota, so you might be thinking that that's a little bit low for Oakland. But they really had 7, and then they ended up scoring a garbage-time touchdown. Oakland's offense didn't look great. It seems like Gruden and Carr are content with nickel and diming the ball down the field as they can just convert a bunch of 5-yard passes, 6-yard passes. They don't really stretch the field much, which should eat up some time. But at the same point... Desir is probably going to be out for the Colts, and he's their number one corner. I expect Williams to play well. If Leonard's out, I don't think anyone can cover Waller either. I think both of them should have relatively big games. And I think that if the Colts open up a big enough lead, they will do what they did last week against the Falcons, and they will kick back into conservative prevent defense, which should lead to some points for the Raiders uh, in the, late in the fourth quarter. Meanwhile, Oakland's defense was terrible last week, gave up 34 points to the Vikings. Colts, even though T.Y. Hilton is banged up and his status is currently unknown, I still love the just the general formula the team uses. Behind one of the best offensive lines, they are content with running the ball, setting up the play-action pass, and then potentially either hitting T.Y. or Pascal or even uh, rookie Paris Campbell at some point uh, for a deep play. I definitely love the formula they are using. I think Brissett has been serviceable so far this season. He has looked very solid in terms of replacing Andrew Luck. I think the Colts should be able to score at least 27 points in this game as Oakland's defense has kind of crumbled in the secondary lately. So, for me, I think the Colts will score 30, I think the Raiders will score 17. So I like the Colts covering the spread, and I do like the over in that game. However, if you do want more information about the Raiders exclusively, Believe has you covered. Check out the Believe in Raiders podcast hosted by Brad Williamson, where he will lay out the keys to victory for the Raiders this week against the Colts, and he will also recap what happened last week and last week as well as his takeaways in their performance against the Vikings. Also, if you are interested in advertising for the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com, as we currently have nobody advertising for the show. And if you want a product placement or something like that, reach out to us, and I'll gladly uh, mention your product in the podcast itself. Now, in terms of the 49ers, they are not playing this week, and they ended up beating the Steelers. Did they look good in the process? No. They turned the ball over about, I don't know, 400 times, and they turned it over three times in the red zone, but they were able to rally for a come-from-behind win after a touchdown pass to Dante Pettis with about a minute and change to go. 49ers defense has looked great so far this season. In terms of the off week, they will definitely look to potentially get George Kittle more involved with the offense as he has been, I don't want to say non-existent, but he hasn't really done much, but it seems like the 49ers are completely content with being a run-first offense with a bunch of cable running backs, Jeff Wilson Jr. has been fantastic so far since the 49ers added him as he has been a touchdown scoring machine. Matt Breed has been impressive in terms of his numbers. Mostert has had some fumbling issues, so I would not be surprised to see him have less touches moving forward. But Tevin Coleman is still injured, and he is expected to come back at some point after the bye week, whether it is the week after or two weeks after, nobody really knows. But he is still yet to practice so one should look for 
you know, updates in his status moving forward. In terms of that, though, uh, the Oakland A's are going to be playing this weekend, and they are going to be taking on the Seattle Mariners. They are right now clinging to a wildcard spot, but that is definitely a very tight three-horse race between them, the Rays, and the Indians, and that is definitely a... That's just something that'll make you sweat as the... Is you pretty much won't really know what's going to happen until the final day of the regular season. However, it is worth mentioning that if there is a three-way tie, you will have a play-in game between two of the teams, and then the loser of that game will play the third team. So you could potentially have 164 games in the regular season for one specific team, or for two specific teams, to see who gets into the plus, which I find really exciting. That is definitely something that is worth keeping in mind. But... Other than, other than that, though, even though I don't really have much to talk about with the 49ers because they don't play this week, if you do want to hear more about the 49ers, uh, you can check out the 49ers exclusively on Believe with the Believe in 49ers podcast hosted by Rashawn Haylock alongside 13-year NFL veteran Eric Davis. Once again, a quick reminder, if you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. And if you want to reach out to me personally, you can find me on Twitter at Reichel Radio. The, uh, other than that, though, that's going to do for this installment of Betting Bay Area here with the Believe Podcast Network. And good luck to all of you and your respective bets today. Bye, everyone. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.